As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. What's up, athletes? Welcome to a very special episode of the Doing This For You podcast with me, your coach, Danielle Wilson. The reason this episode is so special is because we're going to be talking about something very important to me and the entire Tony Sculpt family, and that is Black History Month. Uh, this is the first of four episodes dedicated to this important occasion. So let's get right into it. This is my fun fact, guys. This is my very first podcast recording ever. And I'm a little nervous, so bear with me. But, um, you know, I always say you got to use that nervous energy. Um, that nervous energy is a good thing. It is it's a signal of growth. It is a sign that you are about to step outside your comfort zone and, and do something different. So, um that's what we're doing right here. We're growing, we're doing something different, and we're going to learn as we go. So today, I have a very special guest with me on this first podcast. Um, her name is Kelsey Damiana. She is an intuitive healer, a coach, an author, a certified yoga instructor, and her most important title to your team is that she is my cousin. My cousin, um, my little cousin, my little sister, basically. Um, I am so grateful to have her on this podcast with me here today. She's also, fun fact, a Tone and Sculpt user. We'll get into that later. Um, but Kelsey, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hello. Hi, hi. Thank you for having me. You're I'm really happy to be here. You're so, so welcome. I honestly, I couldn't imagine doing my first podcast with anyone besides family. And that is why I'm number one, I'm so grateful. I, I feel like you of all people know me to my core very, very well. So this will be a little bit of an eye-opening fun experience um, for all the athletes out there to get to know me and you as well. And with the this year's theme of Black History Month, 2021, there's always themes. If you didn't know, this year's theme is 
the black family representation, identity, and diversity, what better else than to have my family on the podcast with me? So once again, thank you so much. Um, How about you introduce yourself to the people, sis? Let them know. Let them know who you are. (laughs) I I want this to be fun, conversational. I want you guys to really just be able to feel, you know, a real talk between two black women, two family members, two cousins. And we're just going to give you a look inside of, of what that looks like for us. So Kelsey, give us a little intro, sis. All right. Well, I am a retired professional basketball player. Oh, I forgot that. Um, yeah. I, I left I left that out. Up. I left that out. That's <laughs> that's like the credential. I left that yeah, out. My like, bad. Kind of a big thing. But <laughs> okay. So <laughs> okay. So there's that. Um played in Poland, Romania, Mexico, Spain. After that, I transitioned into, you know, regular civilian life. And that was shell shocking. Like, it was very shocking. Yeah. You know, kind of lost myself along the way. Um, met my now husband. We had a family. And now we have two kids. And, and along that journey, he also plays basketball professionally, too. And that comes with its own challenges. Um, nothing that... I can't overcome and so I've helped other women now overcome those same challenges too with raising families with young kids and having a husband who just physically isn't able to like be there hands on right. with you to help you with you know day-to-day operations and right. things like that because he is overseas most of the time or we right. go overseas with him and he's still not really there because right I mean traveling, he's practicing so. traveling doing all the things so you went from professional athlete to, and just to give a little context, let everyone know how old you are. Cause I feel like you're a young, I feel like you're a young mom. Like I, like, yeah, first, like I'm 31. You're, say it again. 28. You don't know how old I am. Yes, I do. I wanted you to be able to say that. Yes, 28. Cause I cut you off. My bad. So you're 28. Like, I guess that's not, I guess that's not super that young. young. But I don't know. Maybe it's because you're my little cousin. I just feel like you're <laughs> always going to just be like the baby to me. But, you know, it is it is a, a big thing. It's, it's a full-time job, obviously, of course, to be yeah. running the entire household and have these two kids under under two. And yeah. like that is that's wild. I, I know yeah. I go I go visit you and I'm like I need a nap and I'm just babysitting <laughs> like I'm not even doing anything I'm just like the fun relief of the of the day and I like I honestly you know I really don't understand like I don't know how you do it every single day and like just from my visits that I go out to whenever you guys see me out in Scottsdale I'm visiting my cousin Kelsey And when I stay with her, it's just amazing to watch her, you know, because I've watched her grow up. So it's amazing to see just the transformation from this little baby girl bouncing around. That's just like, you know, Juniper's age. Juniper is her eldest daughter, um, my bestie. And um, just like to see the mother that she is now, like, it's just, it's wild to watch. But so I want to know a little bit more about your story from because you know you you tell people I'm this professional basketball player but what they don't know is that you started (laughs) is that you started as a freshman palms dancer 
in high school. Yeah. So like, tell me a little bit about the transition from palms to pro basketball. Like what? Yeah, it's wild. So I danced my whole life since I was maybe like two. My mom put me in dance. She was a dancer. She also was on the palms team in college at Purdue. So right. like dance. Oh yeah, I then, forgot about auntie yeah. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So it just like ran in the blood. I mean, basketball ran in my blood too with my dad True. You know, being a professional basketball player too but like I don't know I just always danced right right freshman year got to high school okay let's we have the video VHS tapes to prove it (laughs) with the dancing (laughs) maybe I'll share some maybe I'll share some of those one day but wow what you guys don't know about Danielle is she when we were younger I'm just pivoting for just a second yeah pivot says pivot oh my gosh she used to direct like she was a creative director she was like executive producer like she would do the scripts and the writing for like these home movies right like their choreography like and she just like made up like me and my little brother Chandler yes partake in this because she was an only child and like we were like her siblings you know so she just forced us to do all this crazy stuff and there's there's video evidence yes yes I full-on directed um motion pictures (laughs) with with them so this is that yeah. is hilarious i'll maybe i'll show some of those maybe i'll show some of those one day I'm but like praying that you don't because that was like the awkward stage for me but also <laughs> you know what show them show the people right the glow up is real yes yes all right so palms to pro basketball now yes pro athlete i i want to talk a little bit about you know you said you kind of lost yourself for a second after um, you know, you left your sport and I can, I can relate to that as well. And I'm sure a lot of the athletes listening that ever played a sport in high school or college, you know, after you leave your sport, you kind of go through this feeling of like, okay, like, what do I do now? Like, who am I now? I think a lot of us tie our identities to sports growing up, like as athletes growing up, like I, I would say I am a basketball player. I would say I am a cheerleader, you know? So yeah, for me, like that was extremely difficult. I've talked about that before on podcasts, but let me give us a little insight into, you know, how that transition was for you. Yeah. So it was like, it was a rough one because my journey to get to a professional level to play at that level, it wasn't easy either. Like I was not this young talented star that just from the jump was just like oh she's going places no I was that awkward uncoordinated tall lanky clumsy girl right in high school when Mm -hmm. I transitioned from palms to basketball like I tried out my sophomore year and made varsity but like it wasn't off of talent it was more so off of like potential right like oh she's 5'10 oh she's 5'10 okay we can like work with this oh okay like you know, like, she comes from an athletic family, like, we can work with this, you know, like, oh, maybe people were saying, okay, you know, like, her dad's Cliff Levingston, like, he played for the Bulls, like, it runs in the blood, it's in the genes, like, let's kind of mold and shape this. Yeah. So, a lot of my high school path was, like, based off of potential, but then it was, like, junior year, I received, like, letters of intent and all this stuff, and finally committed and got Division One scholarships to go play at Miami University and even then when I was playing in college was not a star I was not very active in in rotation like I wasn't like maybe freshman sophomore year maybe I got like 
five or seven minutes out of 40. Right. Like, literally was in there to, like, relieve someone so they could catch their breath, and then I would come back out. Right, like, right, yeah. That was my role for, like, the first, like, two years um, of playing in college. And then junior year, like, they started to see more potential in me. They're like, okay, we can use you a little bit more. But even my senior year, I still didn't stick out or, like, stand out. Like, maybe I played, like, 20 minutes, which right. still is not a lot of time on the 40-minute game. So transitioning to college or to professional, like, again, I, like, had a, a solid senior year, but it wasn't anything like, oh, this girl's going places. It still was, like, easily you could end your career here and, like, right. go on to corporate America. Um, so when I finally made it to professional, like, I felt really proud of myself because I was As a little, you should. like, not like, ugly duckling, but, you know, like, the little, like I said, the awkward, lanky, like, yeah. uncoordinated little girl who made it to professional level. That I mean, yeah, so that's, I, that's incredible. I think it, you were, like it wasn't handed to you. It wasn't, it wasn't given to you. Like you had to really truly work so hard to get there. And I think that in itself is super inspirational. Like, you know, a a lot of people would look at me and be like, Oh, she like, she's athletic. Like it's easy for like, no, no, we, we have to work to get to where we are and to be accomplished things like that and to be where we are today. So like, that I mean, that's crazy, and you should be so yeah. so proud of yourself. I it's thank you. Sad. I don't like hearing you describe yourself as an ugly duckling. Ugly duckling, though. That just kind of hit me in. The I know. I don't feel that feels. way now, but like right. you know, fourteen year olds. Yeah. The evolution like, is there. Yeah. The glow is real. Sure. The glow is real. Not- that also like goes in like with other stuff too, like the way that we grew up, like the environment that we grew up in, like the high school that we went to, like all amazing opportunities, but just being a black girl growing up in like a mostly predominantly white area, like messes with your confidence and your self-esteem and your worth and all that stuff. And we can definitely dive into that. And I know that's a, Let's like let's do it. Topic. Let's let's do it. Let's dive right oh. into that. Oh, we're going there. Yeah, we we go in there, baby. We go in there. The identity, but the identity shift when I stopped playing though. Yeah, that was like when I because I felt so proud of myself and like I placed so much value in getting to that highest level at the professional level that when it I retired when I stopped playing it was like, wait, what now? Right. I wasn't preparing for this. Like I worked so hard to get here. Yeah. Like that's like then what? Now it's kind of yeah. It's like what? So that's where I did some soul searching. Got into yoga. Um, I spent some time with myself. Yeah. To really get to know like you know my values and beliefs, and just from there, that's when like my whole spiritual path and yoga and coaching and stuff came into fruition. So. I love I I love that. I mean, the evolution is is clear. Um, and yeah. I love that, you know, you've always kind of, you know, been able to take a path less, less traveled and, and being able to, you know, step out of like the norm, I feel like, cause a lot of people would say, you know, that it looked easy from the outside, but it really wasn't for you. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for me either growing and going to the high school that we did. I think this is like, yeah an extremely important topic that I want to discuss, um, yeah. like that identity 
And the way going to a predominantly white high school, like we both did, I would say what it was maybe one or 2% black. We yeah. were, I mean, we were, we, we stuck out at every single turn. Um, and, you know, yeah. we were always that token black friend in every at like the token, I was the token black cheerleader. I was the token black friend. Like I, I've always personally, I've, and you can kind of like agree or disagree, but I've always felt one that I've haven't been black enough to hang out with black people. And I haven't been, clearly I'm not white. So it's like, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not white enough to, you know, truly feel on the same level as white people. And yeah. so, it, or like truly feel accepted by the white yeah. community. And I, you know, I, I think that struggle is so hard to come to terms with. And I, I don't want to use the word traumatic because I don't feel like you know, that is trauma per se, but it, it really is. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend that I don't right <laughs> Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Something that you have to like learn to deal with and overcome um, because you do feel you do feel like you are at a disadvantage you do feel like you are always being looked at you're always um, people are always projecting certain stereotypes onto you and are you living up to those stereotypes like enough you know and or not enough like it goes because it goes both ways like positive and negative stereotypes like they don't, I'm probably one of a few black people they know. So there's pressure to feel like, you know, all like what someone thinks about black people in general is all riding on you. 
And that is like, that's tremendous pressure and it's unfair. And while, you know, me and you were incredibly, incredibly blessed and fortunate to grow up the way that we did and and go to a phenomenal high school, the lack of diversity, I would say was damaging for sure. For sure. Like building our, building our identity, it like was hard. It was harder. Like, and you can kind of tell, speak to your experience that that's kind of how I felt about going to that, going to that high school. Yeah. Everything that you said, I fully agree with. I've experienced it and it's something that I've had to heal from. And, um, you said it wasn't traumatic. Like I will say it from my healer coaching standpoint, hundred percent was traumatic. And the thing about trauma is it doesn't have to like it'd be a good or a bad thing. It's just something that is. And from something that is, it's like, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about this information? All trauma is, is just information, right? When you get triggered, when I, you know, get, if someone says something to me and it puts me back in that place or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Right? Like right. I'm fully aware that I'm triggered and like put back into that like 14 year old, you know, insecure little but body. Like, yep. Yeah, like if someone says something mean to me, you know, in my comments and Instagram or like whatever, if I see, you know, Juniper, my two-year-old getting treated a certain way or whatever it is, and I immediately like get my mama bear like instinct, like, you know, and I want to just like, it just tense up, like it gets in my throat, it gets in my shoulders, like right. that's where I feel it. But um, I have to just check myself and like, okay, what are you going to do about this? And so that's why... Um, I love talking about this because we bring more awareness to it. Right. It normalizes people's experiences and then they don't feel like they're so alone. Yes. And you can grow from it. And so like high school, I'm thinking about like all the school dances, like fun fact, I only went to one high school dance and why? Because it was turnabout. I asked the guy and guess what the guy was, Nick. And we were, it was like, this yes. Oh my God. Like, yes. We I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Eric, Eric King. We were, <laughs> oh, put him on blast like that says, but, but no, yes. I like, it was expected that I would be always going to every dance with this kid. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about, but it was expected that like we were to go to every dance together because we were the two black people. Yeah. It's like not fair either to have. And then when he didn't ask me to the dance, like that stung that much more, you know? So like, yeah, I mean, no, that's true. And that kind of leads me into like my next topic a little bit, which is just the importance of representation and what you said about what you said about the, like you, us talking about these things normalizing that and normalizing these experiences that's why it's so important to have these conversations and and give this platform to black voices so other black girls don't feel so alone and and don't feel like you know it, it is it is all on them to care like to carry everything um yeah it, and also it's important that representation is so important because you know, you might not think that certain things are possible for you if you don't see someone that looks like you coming before you. And mm-hmm. so for me as like a fitness trainer, 
Um, I hate the word influencer, so I never describe myself as that. Um, but <laughs> as a trainer that like, you know, with a presence on Instagram and, and social media, it is so important for me to continue to show up no matter how I'm feeling, good, bad, whatever it is, it's important for me to be able to show my range of emotions too. That, that's a whole nother topic, trying to make sure you're not yeah. the angry black woman in a situation, oh, yeah. but being able to show up and authentically as, uh, as I am authentically to be able to show black women, black girls that we deserve this space too. And we belong here yeah. and it, it, it's possible for us too. Um, Something that my mom actually said to me once that has stuck with me. I, I wonder if Aunt Denise kind of said the same thing to you, kind of yeah, moving along like, into moving along into the role of just like the black mother. Um, yeah. But my mom always told me like, you are going to have to work twice as hard for half the recognition and you're going to have to work yeah. twice as hard for half the acknowledgement and half the respect. And that's something that I've always carried with me. And like it's an it's an unfortunate truth. Yep. I like I hate even like having to like address that and say that out loud, but I mean th like that's just facts and I think that really speaks to my work ethic and it speaks to my consistency and I think it speaks to your ability to like the way you never quit, the way you were like overlooked at some points and you know the like way people were like, oh, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Like wasn't really the star player, but you never quit. You never quit. No. You kept working. You you got to a that professional level really against all odds. So yeah. like and that I killed at the professional level too, just to put that there. I finally did catch up to my potential. But because right. like you said the work ethic, right? Right. Like right. I mean you worked hard. Too. Clearly you don't just like get put on a professional <laughs> team. You clearly the 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 work caught up or paid off, we'll say. So yeah, no, but definitely, um, you do have to work twice as hard. You can even like take that and look at actresses, you know, that are black and just look at the roles that they play or like the salary gap and just anything like that. It's just, it's prevalent across all boards mm -hmm. being a black woman. Not that it's a disadvantage, but like, it's going to take a lot more. I mean, it's, Loki kind of is a disadvantage. It is and it isn't. Uh, we're so yeah. phenomenal and yeah. we're so strong and yeah. like we're such like a rare divine. I love that word divine. But like we are divine. Like yeah. we are divine feminine beings. And I think once we really harness our power and act like it and rise up, despite all of the BS and the extra work and the challenges that come in your way, like gotta keep climbing you have to keep going you'll rise to the top like you will yeah so let's well, kind of like I want to I'm curious because you are right like so you are a mother of two and this is something I can't yeah. really you know speak to yet one day yeah. not yet though um yeah how would you define the role of you know the black mother today because unfortunately like the roles are different the, the role yeah. of a black mother is different um, there is more of a, a constant fear. There is um, a, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it, but my mom, like, and I'll let you explain it from your perspective, but all I can kind of speak yeah. from is how my mom protected me always. Yeah. Um, 
I ran into bunch of uh, different, you know, prejudicial situations growing up in schools and in my junior high, high school. Um, and I just remember my mom always saying, as long as you are in the right, as long as you tell the truth, as long as you are honest, I will, I will go to war for you. And I will, I will not back down. And she fought for me. She, she had to fight for me in certain in certain instances where I was being discriminated against in school. And yeah. like, that's just not something a white mom has to worry about as much as a black mother would. Um, so I just like yeah. the, sh- and the, sh- just the, the strength that a black mother must have to be like be really just to be and exist. Like, what does that, what does the role of that black mother look like for you? Having two black children, raising them. Two black girls. Two black, two yeah, black two girls. black girls. Yeah, two Let, let's, girls. let's, let's speak to that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's eye-opening. I realize, like, every single day I get deeper into motherhood, every single day that, you know, passes, it hits me and it sinks in a little bit deeper that, like, motherhood, a black, being a black mother, it's, it's, it's super important. Like mm-hmm. it is an integral piece to, to everything. Like the importance of a black mother and like her presence, her, um, how much she's involved with, you know, raising her kids, the values that she instilled, um, the confidence like she has to instill, yeah, not even instill, but also embody, because if I don't embody this, how on earth are my girls yes. going to be able to act and walk and be comfortable and confident in their skin? Yes. Like, I'm, and I'm so fortunate. And like, I constantly, like, I just reevaluate and just like reflect on growing up and having my mom as my mom, because like, I'm like, yo, you're phenomenal, mom. Like we you were very are lucky. Amazing. We were very and like, blessed. I look at your mom too. Like, just how she parented a little bit different than like how my mom did, but still like in that same realm. You know what I'm saying? Like the, I just the love able to experience that. Yeah, from the, your mom too, and my mom, and Aunt Val, and me, mommy. Like yeah. that's our grandma. Like yeah. me, mommy is me, mommy is our grandma for everyone wondering. But yeah. I mean, the just. Yes, there were a little, you know, a little bit of different parenting styles, but I think that just comes yeah. from, you know, you having siblings and me being that only child, but also sure. the one thing that never wavered was the love, the yeah. respect, and the just like instilling of values, like instilling yeah. of like making sure that we are good people first before yeah. anything else. And that is something that, you know, we, we can never take for granted. We were incredibly, incredibly blessed, but I love what you said. Like it forces you to embody that confidence that you are trying to instill in your like young black daughters. And yeah, if like some of you guys don't know, but like when I, if you haven't seen this on my story, when I go visit Kelsey, I will say my affirmations with Juniper (laughs) and that is you know, that's just as much of a ra- reminder when I say, like, I, I have her say I'm beautiful. Um, actually, I don't even say, I don't have her say I'm beautiful. I have her say yeah. I am loved. My voice matters. Yeah. Um, 
I have, I have her. I'm confident. I'm confident. That's my, she says that's my favorite one. That she I am said. confident. <laughs> but no, I have her say affirmations that don't have anything to do with her looks. I have her say affirmations that, you know, are, that are more values. And, you know, those are in turn reminders to my own self. So mm-hmm. I love that. That is I'm telling you. Yeah, that's and super important. Your level of consciousness. I peeped it from the very first time that you said that, and I probably cried my eyes out later that night. I don't know, think I told you, you that. You did? Just like, yeah, it warmed my heart. Just like, one, that you love my babies. Don't so make much. me cry and on my first podcast. Don't make me cry on my first podcast. <laughs> Light it up. But then, um, yeah, just like the things that you were saying, though, that's also just, it's funny because we were in so much alignment because those are the things that I tell her all the time. I compliment her on, like, her personality or, like, the values or, like, oh, I'm proud of you for finding a way to get it done. Right. Or I'm proud of you for figuring it out. Or, you know, you didn't quit and you kept going and look what happened. Or you got up again after you felt like right. those are the compliments and those are, like, the encouragements and things that I give her and hear you and, like, see you guys doing that together it was really powerful and it was so beautiful and you are going to be such a great mother whoever oh that baby God. is is oh going to be great i can't even i can't i can't even I imagine or like think about that right now i know i know but definitely like that makes that makes me feel good because yeah, i definitely yeah. go into those baby situ- situations not knowing jack about anything, okay? I like <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I just try to, you know, instill that confidence and I think that yeah. you know, I think that's something that black girls don't get enough of. Yep. Are, Definitely. you know, those those examples, that representation, that intentionality um of instilling that confidence and and reassurance that they matter. Yeah, I like yeah. their voice matters, I'm, that they're powerful, yeah. that they are not a second-class citizen. I will tell you about the voice matters. That one got me too because I remember I used to just put my head down, not want to be seen. My posture is still something I'm working on because I just like to slump and just not be noticed because being tall, being black, being a woman, mm-hmm. like it's just you stand out, right? right? So like I learned to shrink myself from a very young age, right? People please just do as you're told, don't rock the boat, even if something's wrong, just, you know, not like if something's wrong, but like if someone's saying something to you that's not right, you just take it, right? Yeah. So like yeah. sometimes I got called the N-word. I hate that word, right? right? Like, and I don't really like the word hate either, but like that's how much I dislike that word so much. I right. don't use that word. I right. don't. Me either. Because I was called that so many times growing up, and I don't even know if I told anybody really either, because again... I just learned from an early age, if you just take it and don't rock the boat and just silence and, you know, don't use your voice, everything kind of just like stays okay. It stays okay for, it makes the people saying that to you more comfortable, but right. you, you have, you have to deal with all that exactly. internally, which is exactly. not fair. So like, I used to just like sacrifice myself and compromise myself for the comfort of other people, for white people, right? To make them feel comfortable right. instead of like shrinking myself so that I wouldn't be, again, like that angry black woman. You know, I right. saw that as a young age, that stereotype, or to be 
you know, no one wants, like, when you're young and, like, in middle school or whatever, in elementary school, like, you want to have friends, in, right? Yeah, you want to fit you in. Want you want to be popular. So if you say this stuff or if you, you know, clap back or if you um, tell somebody or, like, you know, tattletale on the person that said that, you're not, no one's going to want to hang out with you. Right. And I just, like, it was a whole thing. And so I say all that to say thank you for telling Juniper, my two-year-old that her voice matters because I tell her that all the time and I will always listen to her always and teach her how to respond in those situations. That's something that was, it was a misstep for me. Me too. And I'm sure I know that my mom, she talked about it and like, we were aware of it, but it almost was like, but what do we do? Like, yeah. Like laid out like the different paths, like, okay, you could do this. And then like this most likely will happen or like, here's what you can say when someone calls you this. Like, I didn't feel confident to, like, speak up. And, again, that's, like, partially, like, my, just, like, how I am as a person, Mm -hmm. but partially also just from the environment that we grew up in. And so I'm making sure that when she gets of school age, you know, I'm just going to teach her, you know, if someone seems to you. Like, and it's all from love and from a place of just of love, right? And, like, higher consciousness, really. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings by... You know, you don't call them, and that's it. Like, no, I'm not saying, like, clap back at them, but just speak right. up. Tell them it's not right. And right. feel comfortable and confident saying that feel what they're saying standing is mean up for yourself. Yeah. Feel confident yeah. defending yourself, standing up for yourself. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so interesting because, like, we are obviously two different people, but I can relate to that experience of not being able to feel confident standing up for myself as a black person like yeah for and I would say I never this is you know it's I don't it's it's hard for me to admit it but I would say that I did not feel comfortable speaking at like as a black woman and defending myself and standing up for certain things until 2020 So until last year, so I would say it took me 30 years to find my voice as a black woman, 30 years. And like, that is, you know, it's, that's just a testament to, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown adult, like, right. Like I'm a grown adult, but I'm still doing my best to assimilate to white culture, to not, to be more liked, to be, to not make other people feel uncomfortable, to make them feel like, oh, I'm, I'm as one of them as possible. Like I'm not like other black girls or I, like, yeah. I can't oh, even tell you about the like amount the of time, like the times that, and it's, and this is on me too. The times that people would be like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. For a black girl. Yeah. A you're black pretty girl. for a black girl or just like, oh, you got that good hair. Like, you know, so, yeah. like stuff like that and hair. Oh, That's the whole thing too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> hair. Growing up in, yes, yeah. yes, we, we're both rocking some, well, I got some feet in braids, but I mean, these yeah, are, I would say, still, like, you're embracing, embracing who you are, right? Right. And, I, and there braids. was a point in time where I would say, like, no, I don't want to get braids because it looks, it, it might be deemed as unprofessional or oh, it gosh. might be intimidating to other people yeah and it it feels it just honestly like being able to just 
wear my hair the way that I want to and be able to express how I feel about certain situations and how and have people and not that I need other people's approval but just like have people lately being more supportive of me embracing my blackness it is such it's such like a lift off my chest yeah because you were carrying that burden for so long carrying that weight for so long that it's it's good to finally get to that point where you are comfortable and you have done the work right Mm -hmm. and you've addressed all these things and you're able to transmute that energy right and you have this platform which is massive so by you speaking your truth using your voice embodying this confidence that we all talked about like you don't know the ripple. I mean, maybe you do know, but I don't think that you realize. And I'm, I always tell you this all the time. The ripple that you create is massive, Danny Wilson. Like, <laughs> Yeah, massive. she calls me Danny Wilson, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and she calls me Kelsey, even though I go by Dami Yeah, it's fine. Those, those are just going to stick forever. But. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. And just that the fact that I have noticed this shift lately, too. Like, you would never wear braids. Only, like, when we went on vacation or, like, right. spring break or, like, winter break. When it was when it was normal for white people yeah. to go get their hair braided on vacation, that's when yep. I felt like I could. Right. I went to Jamaica for spring break and come back wow. with cornrows and whatever they're We're not even going to talk about the appropriation cornrows? of that, but... Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, big shifts, big shifts, yeah. big weights. I'm being so proud lifted. of you. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, oh girl. I'm proud of us. I'm proud of I us. I am proud of us. But, I am. Okay. Definitely. So, Hair, though, is a big thing. Yes. And like with my girls, too, I know that I am notorious for, I'll put in quotes, not doing her hair. And part of it is like, it's, it's a process, right? Like it's a process. So sometimes I don't necessarily make the time to do it, but a lot of the times it's intentional why I leave it the way that I do. And people may not know this, but it's like for so long, my hair, if you are watching this, you can see like the texture of it. But like in our family, it's one of the coarser textures. It's mm-hmm. tighter coiled. Yeah. It's a little bit more, um, it just takes more, I'll say it takes more love and attention to manage it and to like, comb through it and to do stuff with it and my favorite hair memory is my mom braiding my hair like that's my favorite when she used to do box braids but other than that my hair experience sucks like I'm not gonna lie it just sucks having to wash at the kitchen sink with a hot comb in my in my grandma's kitchen right she'd be trying to crush my hair and it like burns and singes your hair in the back of your neck and I'm like yeah it's it's not it was not comfortable trying to and again what are we trying to do when we're pressing and like straightening yeah, our hair relaxers like, yeah like sores on my scalp from the chemical relaxer burning my hair or right. my scalp like and even from there too I remember like sitting underneath the dryer like wishing that my hair was more like yours like do you I ever tell you that Mm-mm. I like literally wish that I had hair that was like yours I didn't even care I'm like wow. you don't even need to go on the sliding field to like my mom or your mom or like Aunt Val or me mom because my grandma has like bone straight like yeah. long hair I was like, let's just take one, this little tiny baby step. But it was like massive back then because I really thought that our textures were like vastly different and just Mm -hmm. like your hair was beautiful and my hair was just ugly and terrible and bad. But I always wished that I had your hair because your hair was done faster. It didn't take as much effort. Like it just laid down. You could flick your hair back with a brush and you had the little waves and just like, 
And now how the, how the tables have turned. <laughs> how the tables have turned. I want that. I want I want to I want that beautiful crown, you know, like and I yeah. I want that confidence of wearing my natural hair that you have. Like and you're going to get there cuz you're making steps like yeah. and the times you let me bless your crown like and do your hair for you. I've I've enjoyed it and your hair is beautiful. It really yeah. is. And yeah. I encourage my girls too like my youngest is one Irie she literally has like a patch of like no hair like a band in the back of her head with, like no hair she looks like a little, little man sometimes sis <laughs> little grandpa and like, Irie and then the, the top is missing too so I'm just like oh your hair is beautiful girl like <laughs> I love your texture we just go mm-hmm. we just go rub it out and we just go tell yep. her it's beautiful until it grows well, in because it will but yep. that is a yeah. hair is hair is such a you know, an effector of your confidence too, you know, so that, you know, also growing up for sure. Yeah. You spend your whole life wishing your hair looks like something else or with someone else's or straighter or, you know, requires less work. It's just like, it takes a toll on your, your self-esteem, your confidence, your worth. And so I'll leave Juniper's hair and just kind of like, just let it be in her natural state. Right. Mm -hmm. Like just wash it and go. Right. Do that baby's hair. Her hair is done. Yeah. Her hair is done. Her hair is all the way done. Yeah. What, like, because it's, especially in, like, corporate America, like, you have to have your hair done, which was, like, straight or, you know, presentable, professional, like how you talked about before. So, like, braids weren't really professional or deemed professional until, like, you know, recently or whatever. But yeah, let her hair be, right? In its natural state, the way God created it, it's done yeah I mean we obviously we have to take care of it to a certain extent to like keep it healthy yeah yeah so, like moisturize like right. I'll still put the stuff in it but I'm not like gonna right blow dry you don't have like, to I'm make it a it process every single day yeah curl True. up the way it wants to curl and so be it so what, what would you say then you know is your something that you hope to give to younger generations of our family like what is something and let's speak specifically to our you know the girls in our family um what is something that you would want them to know this is a tough like, one because there's a lot there's a lot that I want to yeah. I want to pass down um, but yeah like definitely of course everyone wants to pass down legacy right but more specifically like the legacy I'm passing down a legacy that I'm creating is it's really just one that you empower all of your abilities, right? All of your strengths, your less than ideal qualities about yourself, but you still love them. Like learning how to genuinely and fully love yourself unconditionally. Like that's what I want. Black skin and all. The generation. Yes. Like unconditional love for yourself because when you are able to love yourself unconditionally. You're able to love other people unconditionally and you're able to treat others with love. And like my mom always tells me that love is the most unlimited resource. And like me and my little brother, we were like laughing about it when she said a speech and like we were in the audience. Like I tell my my kids all the time, love is the most unconditional resource or most unlimited resource. And looks at each other like, what? She's never said that before. (laughs) But you and Chandler's day roasting on Denise. <laughs> but that day, like, it stuck with me because I'm like, oh, like, it is, though. Yeah. And then she's been saying it ever since, I think. Yeah. But, 
that's just what I want to pass down. Just that love for yourself and then that extends towards others. Yeah, I, I like that because I, I think when you're able to fully love yourself, you're able to yourself well that but you're also able to empower your your greatest self like when you love yourself you're pouring into so many areas of yourself physically mentally professionally um socially emotionally spiritually all these things when you are filling all of those cups you're able to excel in all those different areas of your life and so like when you when you describe it as a resource i would love that because those are the resources that love for you, that respect for you, that ability to wake up every single day and do something for you because you love yourself enough to do it and respect yourself enough to do it. Like that, that is what makes you successful. That is what makes you a good person. That is what makes you someone that people want to be around, you know, like that is that light, that love it. Like that love is that light. Yeah, that like and that. How many people are you going to be able to affect and like, infect with right. your love too? And love. when you encounter someone and you're just filled up with love, like there's no, there's nothing else that can be done except for that person to feel that and to take that on too. So you're just like emitting this frequency, this vibration. I'm getting all spiritual on you now. <laughs> That's okay, sis. We're in a deep. We preaching now. Yes. We preaching yes, now. <laughs> That's like the highest frequency it is. Love is the highest frequency. And so when you're able to emit that and transmit that, the magnetic field that you create around you, all it does is just attract more love and abundance and all the things that are for you. Yes. And in turn, the things that are usually for you are not really only for you. They're for other people. Like what we're doing right here, like this is super like therapeutic, I know, and like fun for us. But like all the people that are listening to this right now, like we're doing this for you. It's to serve up, like to serve others. And I yeah. like, there's a, there's yeah. a quote, I think it's an um, Martin Luther King quote, but it's, it says like, and I'm just very synopsis, synopsizing, synopsizing. I don't know. I'm going to paraphrase basically. <laughs> I'm going to paraphrase. paraphrase but basically paraphrase. it's like the greatest thing you like you can do like is to serve others. And like, for me, yeah. I feel like, Everything I do is yes for me. It is for me, but I get the greatest joy out of serving others. Like I feel like I like my why is to provide representation for others that are coming after me. My why is yeah. to, you know, make pe- like make people that could relate to me feel seen. And I get That's the most funny. joy out of the DMs, the messages, the the love, and just like the the way I feel like just by me stepping into myself fully has the power to affect others. So if if you take one yeah. thing away from this podcast, I would just you know to anyone listening, black, white, purple, blue, green, whatever, like the more you can step into yourself and be authentically there and love every little nook and cranny, no matter you know, how unworthy you may feel it might be, the more you can be vulnerable and transparent and love those things about yourself, the more you give others permission to do the same. And we all, like, we all need that. We all need that. So 
Wow, Kels, we got kind of deep today. <laughs> I'm sweating. I like I literally I'm sweating. I don't know if like <laughs> obviously obviously you can't see the sweat stains on a podcast which i am extremely grateful for but wow this is like this has been so eye-opening and so amazing i think like just to be able to have these real conversations with you kelsey like like my family my blood you know like i would encourage it's like i learned things that I didn't yeah. know that how you felt. And, and I also was, you know, kind of like reassured that I wasn't the only one in some of the ways that I was yeah. feeling. So I would a hundred percent encourage, um, especially, you know, this month, black women at sit down with your, your family and, and have these conversations and just share these experiences. Uh Oh, who's, <gasps> is that my bestie? bestie that is juniper everyone juniper just for those who are listening juniper just walked on set of the of the camera that is my my girl my best friend juniper kelsey's oldest but okay she's listening you can say something to her oh you can't hear i got my airpods just say hi nani she can hear you okay let me try it that's okay that's okay juniper that's my bestie right there. But all right, Kels, one of the, the major things that, you know, Tone and Sculpt is doing for Black History Month, and in addition to, you know, allowing me the platform or providing the platform for me to come on and, and amplify these Black voices um, is, you know, giving a contribution to a charity organization of my guest choice, which is so incredible. I, I think it's incredible to have you know, amplify these black voices. Like, yes, that's amazing. And it's so appreciated, but what are the real resources that we're going to allocate to that mission to support the black community? So I'm extremely grateful to just be an aligned with and a part of a family and a company that understands these things. So Kelsey, why don't you tell the people what charity organization you're donating to and why? I think it's only fitting that I donate to Hair on Purpose. It is a nonprofit organization for Black women that specifically help you embody and embrace and just appreciate your hair for what it is instead of trying to change it. And I just really love this organization. Um, they really help with, you know, confidence and self-worth, like all the stuff that we've been talking about today. Like, it's right. just in alignment with, with who I am and what I value. Um, and I'm just excited because they have a bunch of different offerings and programs. They have different hair workshops and they have resources for all types of hair, whether it is relaxed, which is nothing wrong with relaxing your hair. If that's what yeah. you choose. Yeah. Um, for natural hair, protective styles, um, scalp treatment, which I already, we might need to get some resources for that, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just excited. And I'm really grateful that Tone and Sculpt is, donating you know on my behalf and on our you know my choice and i'm just i'm excited for this organization to to continue to do the work that they're doing in the community and really amplify and empower black girls and black women all over the world through their hair through their hair love it through that crown baby well kelsey this has been this has been so fun i was i'm admittedly very nervous 
to come on here. I've never had this type of or done this type of format before, but I think I love podcasts so much because it gives you the space and the time to, you know, see where the conversation takes you and just talk and be open and be real and just just go with the flow. So I, I appreciate you for being my very first podcast guest. I will never, ever forget this. I'm so grateful. I would like you are an inspiration in my life. You're an incredible mom, phenomenal athlete. And I only hope that I can continue to be just like a good, um, you know, repre- positive representation for the girls. So, Juniper no, and I appreciate Irie. you. Thank you so much for inviting me on here. Um, for real, I'm just grateful for you. And you have helped me continue my journey as an athlete, even post-retirement, like through, you know, your at home hit challenge that we had before and then now uh, through telling them sculpt the app like I use it probably five or six days a week like and I'm following the program and I could not be more excited because I'm back in the gym lifting heavy yes. moving some weight yes like you are definitely a part of my my journey forever uh, I mean obviously because you're my cousin but like <laughs> can't get rid of me sis I'm here to stay I'm here to stay <laughs> but all right guys <laughs> Uh oh, Juniper's trying to do the outro for me. But thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I appreciate every listen. Um, I appreciate all of your time. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to this important conversation. Um, let's take these conversations offline, take them home, bring them to your inner circle. Um, I want you guys to remember to go be great today. Don't you dare settle. And remember that you're always, always, always doing this for you. Stay tuned for our next podcast coming up next week. See you guys soon. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.